Support for Meaningful Conversations comes from Wix.com. Wix believes anything is possible with the right website builder. So whether you're about to create a website for the first time or you're a longtime pro, Wix has you covered. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Wix gives you the freedom to create anything. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. How about that? Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. So create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's wix.com slash meaningful conversations to get 10% off. I'm Maria Shriver, and this is Meaningful Conversations. On every episode, we'll take a journey into the lives of inspiring, thoughtful, thought-provoking people. People who are smart, spirited, and spiritual. People who have done extraordinary things to make a positive impact on our world. These are people I respect and admire, people who inspire me. I want them to share their stories, their experiences, their wisdom, and their feelings with you. I hope we can come together in community to reflect on the issues and topics that we're all thinking about, but no one seems to be talking about. I hope that you're inspired to have more meaningful conversations with the people in your life. Dave Asprey is hacking the way we think about our health. As the CEO and founder of Bulletproof, Dave has made it his mission to reimagine what it means to live well, mentally and physically. Dave and his company have been big supporters of our nonprofit, the Women's Alzheimer's Movement. And I wanted to sit down with him today for this podcast so that I could share with you his unique perspective on how we can all biohack our lives and perform and live better each and every day. I'm really delighted to be sitting talking with Dave Asprey, the genius brain behind everything Bulletproof and the author of a new book that's always interesting to me called Game Changers. I'm interested in game changers, people who I always call them game changers, architects of change. But they're people who, as I always say, challenge what is, imagine what can be, and move humanity forward. And um, I think Dave is doing that in his way, challenging what is, imagining what can be, and moving humanity forward. And I think we all have our own way, which is what our job is, is to figure out what to do with our lives and how we can uniquely push the envelope in our own way. So I want to, before we start talking about Game Changers, Dave, I want to first welcome you. I'm so glad to meet you. Dave is wearing these really weird glasses (laughs) that have a purpose to them. They're not just kind of glasses to 
you know, see better, but they're glasses for your brain. So let me begin by explaining that. What what are those glasses? <laughs> These glasses are called true dark glasses. And what they're doing is they're cutting some of that annoying blue glare that comes from devices or even just from being in an office with LED lights. And since we're sitting under studio lights right now, it actually makes you tired and gives you sugar cravings by the end of the day. And I found that by reducing that stressful blue light, eyes are an extension of the brain. So my brain is calmer. I can focus better. And I'm happier that way. And a lot of other people are feeling the same benefits. So you're really focused on calming the brain, optimizing the brain, optimizing one's life. When we talked on your podcast a while back, you talked about wanting to live to... I think it was like 100 and something. 180. 180. <laughs> and you asked me, do I? And I said, absolutely not. I don't want to live like that. But I think we, we're now in this space of people wanting to live longer, people being able to live longer. But the question is, how do we live longer? Yeah. And can we live healthy? Who wants to live to 100 and not have their brain, not have their body, and not yeah. be a healthy person, right? It, it's so, frightening. Uh, when, when you think about aging, yeah, right? a lot of times when I say 180, like the reaction you had, it's very normal because the picture of, of 180 is, I mean, I want to be rude about it. But it probably has diapers. You're probably blind. <laughs> you probably don't remember your name and you're in a wheelchair. And and this is the picture we have, you know, tubes and hoses and monitors. Well, we don't even have a picture for 180. Yeah, we but have it's a picture, not a pretty one. Yeah, we have a picture really for old age isn't technically a pretty one, right? Yeah. And so how do you, why do you want to live like that? And how do you believe that what you're doing today will enable you to have a different future? I don't want to live like that. And the idea of being able to live to 180 is keeping your faculties, keeping a body that can move, keeping a brain that can think, and even looking good. And I spent 20 years running an anti-aging nonprofit foundation and meeting the leaders in the field, interviewing them on my podcast, writing about them in Game Changers. And I'm more convinced than ever that new technologies are coming online that are going to give us probably a 50% improvement in how long we can live if we take care of ourselves. So the first thing that I'm doing is, well, I don't weigh 300 pounds anymore the way I did in my early 20s. Right. That's I weigh amazing. about 200 pounds. I mean, extraordinary, right? Yeah. And... I'm removing toxins, the, th the things that we know chip away at aging. And aging is death by a thousand cuts. And what if you could just take less cuts and less deeper cuts? And by doing that, you had more energy right now. And the energy becomes willpower, becomes happiness. And you find when 20 years from now, all your friends are saying, I got to go to the doctor. I have these chronic conditions. You're saying, actually, I feel pretty good. In fact, I've got 20 years of wisdom now. And I'm still going strong. I'm going to have a really big impact. And I'm 46 years old. I have more energy now than I did at 26. So what are you doing today for your brain in addition to drinking bulletproof coffee? Well, I, I wrote a whole book about it called Headstrong yeah. uh, because there's so much science now. And the biggest thing you can do for your brain is make sure that every cell in your body is good at converting food and air into energy. Your brain runs on electrons. These are the same electrons that power your iPhone. It's an electric signal. And 
48% of people under age 40 have early onset deficiency in that system. So they don't... Early onset food. deficiency in their brain. Yes, the so brain energy So let's focus production. just one second on that because sometimes people like you and me, we throw out these statistics yeah. and people are like, well, wait, wait a minute, let me catch up because I always say that Alzheimer's and cognitive impairment starts at 30. It, it does. starts at 20. So you're saying that a huge percentage of people 40 and under already have a brain that's not a 10 iPhone. They're already set up for Alzheimer's disease because their body isn't good at making energy. And guess what part of your body uses the most energy? It's your brain. Your brain and your heart. And the cells in your brain, the neurons, have 15,000 little power plants in them, and so do your heart. The rest of the cells in your body have a couple hundred to a couple thousand. So these are sort of the Olympic athletes. Uh, these are the, the bodybuilders of your, um, of your brain. And if they're just not very good at it, it shows up in emotional irregularity. So you get hangry. You get hypoglybitchy. You... <laughs> You hypoglybitchy. Your... <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. I'm going to use that. I got to take that. I'm hypoglybitchy right now. <laughs> it certainly applied to me when I weighed 300 pounds. So, but what do you? So, what are you doing? So, mm -hmm. right now, like today, what are you doing? That's so you're not hangry, hypoglybitchy. I have become good at intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. which means for breakfast today I had a bulletproof coffee, mm -hmm. and some days I have just black bulletproof coffee. But most of the time I have zero protein and zero carbohydrates for breakfast, and by doing that I have taught my body that there will be times when there's no food. Therefore, when there is food, you should be really good at using it. And funny enough. I don't feel hungry. I don't feel tired. And this was my fear when I was heavy. If I don't eat every three hours, I'm going to crash. I'll fall asleep in a meeting. I'll yell at someone. I'll bite someone their head off. But you can train your body without pain to be really good at using calories. And when you do that, your brain works way better now, and you reduce your risk of all these diseases of aging. So you're intermittent fasting and uh, in working in the Alzheimer's space. There's a lot of conversation around intermittent fasting. I'm not sure if you're a 14 or 16-hour intermittent I, faster. I recommend 16 hours. And okay. a big innovation that, that worked for me is that traditional intermittent fasting, it could be water, it could be coffee or tea. There's all these different variations on it. Right. The one that I created is bulletproof intermittent fasting, where you actually have brain octane oil and butter in your coffee, the official bulletproof coffee recipe. Mm -hmm. And the reason you do that is that your insulin levels don't change at all. Your blood sugar won't be affected by it. But that little bit of brain octane in there, when it converts into ketone bodies, ketones mm -hmm. normally come from yes. four days of fasting, right. or if, if you're on the bacon only kind of diet, uh, most of us aren't really going to do that. So what if you got those those com those compounds that are really good for your brain present just from what you had in the morning, and it also, as a side effect, turned off hunger. So all of a sudden, lunchtime comes around, and you say, I forgot it was lunch. And two in the afternoon comes around, and you say, I guess I could eat. I was always one of those guys, it's like it's 1130. If we don't end this meeting soon so I can go eat, I'm going to have to eat one of you. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I can't handle this. And now that, that urgent I'm going to die if I don't eat, it's just gone. Ketones do that. And Bulletproof in the Morning is the way I did that. I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. And I've maintained this 100 pounds of, of weight loss, but I'm never hungry and my energy's high. So you're, so you're basically, you're intermittent fasting, you're bulletproofing it, yeah. and then you're eating what? Here's another huge, huge thing. In Headstrong and in my really big book, The Bulletproof Diet, I, I explain this. The whole uh, roadmap is a free download on the Bulletproof website. But 
it's plant compounds. It's not about being a plant-based diet because we can all eat a lot of French fries and that's not a healthy plant-based diet. It's the colored compounds in plants. And the average person, they're called polyphenols. Uh, the average person who drinks coffee gets about one gram a day. If you eat salad and you eat brightly colored whatevers and spices, herbs, chocolate, coffee, tea, and a little bit in wine um, are yeah. the, the common sources. Right. Yeah. So getting some of those is really good for, for keeping your brain from aging, making those mitochondria, those power plants in your cells work better. Mm-hmm. What I do is I drink my coffee, and studies show up to five cups a day is associated with all kinds of positive benefits. Benefits, yeah. And on top of that, I put extra oregano, extra rosemary, extra spices anytime I can, and I take... Into your coffee. And not into my coffee, just on my food. Oh, on your food. It's not very good in coffee. I tried it. Well, people have put all <laughs> kinds of stuff now in coffee. I see people... I saw the other day a woman was... I was having breakfast with her, and she was putting essential oils in her coffee. I mean, there's like all kinds of... I kind of started that trend, uh, and sometimes I'm like, you're going to try and put mushrooms in your coffee? It's going to taste bad. Just take the mushrooms as a capsule and enjoy the the beautiful aroma and taste of your coffee. But let me just say, like, kind of keep it simple for people because people will always ask. You're doing Bulletproof. You're doing 16 hours intermittent fasting. You're eating primarily a plant-based diet. You're looking at the color of your plant-based diet. Yes, but, but. here's the kicker primarily plant-based. So my average meal is a plate covered with organic vegetables, Mm -hmm. but I also eat meat. And here's the thing, grass-fed meat only. I will never eat industrial meat, the stuff that most of us are eating today, even organic industrial meat from a feedlot that's fed organic corn and soy. And the reason for that is that you get an antibiotic load from this meat that changes your gut bacteria that really can make you obese, it can affect your brain, it can affect Alzheimer's disease. So when you're getting hormones and antibiotics in your meat, that's not food anymore. Meat that I'm eating either with, either was raised on my own farm or from near the farm, or it's grass-fed from the, a restaurant in Santa Monica or something like that where you know where it came from. Small amount of red meat and a generous amount of grass-fed butter or coconut oil and avocados and olive oil. And even in those cases, the oil is not deep fried and baked under high temperatures and the meat isn't burned because burned meat is also bad for you. So gently cooked meat on top of my vegetables isn't that hard to do and you put a lot of good quality fats on top. That's what I eat every day. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Each week, pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards are delivered to your door in a special insulated box. All meals come together in 30 minutes max. They call for less than two pots and pans, and they require minimal cleanup. Make family dinners fuss-free with HelloFresh's picky eater, kid-tested and approved family plan recipes. HelloFresh offers three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and can always switch between the plans when your tastes change. Enjoy fun menu features with HelloFresh's Dinner 21 Lunch, 20-minute meals, gourmet, and one-pot wonders, among more. So get out of that recipe rut and start discovering new, delicious, easy-to-make recipes. 
Right now, listeners of this episode can get $80 off their first month of HelloFresh by going to hellofresh.com slash meaningful80 and entering the promo code meaningful80. That's like receiving eight meals for free. Once again, that's hellofresh.com slash meaningful80. Now let's get back to the conversation. So a lot of people, and I work a lot with women, and they're, you know, raising kids, they're traveling, they have two jobs. Millions of people say, well, that's easy for Dave Asprey to say, you know, like, they don't have organic grass-fed from birth to death food. It's not available to me. I can't eat like that. That's not part of the, you know, what's happening in my neighborhood. I would say you should go to Whole Foods and look at the collagen protein from grass-fed cows that's in Bulletproof coffee. Right. But <laughs> Whole Foods is expensive. It is expensive. I'll tell you, though, if you right. spend 3 or $4 on a cold brew coffee that replaces breakfast, you probably are spending 3 or $4 on breakfast now. Mm-hmm. And if you eat one of the collagen protein bars. So it's now convenient. It, it's accessible. And here's the thing. You probably eat a half a pound of cheap hamburger meat right now. If you were to eat a quarter pound of higher quality meat, it's going to cost exactly the same amount and your health is going to improve. So Uh, you're saying investment, invest in prevention because you'll have to pay for it perhaps down the road. That's a part of it. You know, uh, heart surgery is very expensive (laughs) later in life. Uh, And so is Alzheimer's care, right? But what I'm talking about now is you'll feel better tomorrow if you eat half as much high quality meat, right? So it's not about not about having the same amount as you eat today. You can actually eat less meat and be perfectly healthy as long as you're getting your vegetables. And even vegetables can be expensive, right? That's going to be more and more of a problem. So you can get large bags of frozen vegetables. And fortunately, butter is an amazing deal in that a half a pound of grass-fed butter is going to cost you about three bucks, and it's incredibly satisfying. So There's been a lot of pushback uh, to you, you know, kind of saying, you know, this is crazy. It's all, it's a marketing ploy. And I've heard you say, look at I'm my own best ad. Yeah. Uh, And also, if you turn over my last two books, okay, Headstrong was the New York Times science bestseller, the monthly list up there with you know, the secret life of trees and homo deus. And you turn it over, and it's got Mark Hyman, who's... Great. The, He's a good friend of ours here, and of the women's <laughs> Alzheimer's <yeah>. movement. <clears throat> so Mark's on the back, and director of functional medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, and David Perlmutter, who's one of America's top brain doctors and, and a dear friend. And I think that one also had Daniel Amen on it, who's mm-hmm. one of the top brain scientists. These are people that you know and, and, yes. and also love. And... You could say, well, there's no science in this, but look at the back of the book. What's going on here is that the stuff we've been told to do that's led to an increase in, di- in diabetes, an increase in Alzheimer's, an increase in cancer, although we have a decrease in cancer deaths, but an increase in cancer, yeah. and uh, an increase in pretty much every bad health condition. And these are the people sitting there, usually wearing extra large pants, saying, um, well, that stuff doesn't work. I'm like, well... Show me that what you're doing works, because as far as I can tell, your advice made me weigh 300 pounds and made me tired and cranky all the time. And when I don't follow your advice, magic happens. And when millions of people do what I wrote about in my books and they follow this lifestyle, they lose weight without pain, without hunger, without even having to add exercise, without anything bad happening. They just say, you know, I had to buy new pants. This is an expensive diet because every three weeks I have to buy another size of pants down. That's what happened to me when I dialed all this stuff in. So I'm sorry. You look at my lab work. You look at 
all the data, this works. And if it doesn't work for someone, it's okay. But it works for a great number of people. What do you, when you step back and you look at all your books and even this most recent one, Game Changers, what is your mission? Where are you trying to move humanity? What needle are you trying to move? I am really working on helping people tap into this unlimited power of being human. And I have this this weird history where as a kid, I had arthritis in my knees when I was 14. I had chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. I was on antibiotics every month for almost 15 years. Obesity, wow. I still have stretch marks. I was in men's health with my shirt off this month, which was the least likely thing I would ever have expected in my entire life. And you can see, if you look closely, like there's a little stretch mark. I'm like, yeah, I earned that stretch mark. But that that has all happened. And I look at that and I realize I have more energy, more power, like more to give now than I knew was possible 20 years ago. And I believe that every single person walking around has an immense amount of additional energy, additional excellence that's locked away inside them. And sometimes it's because of behavioral and emotional and cognitive things. But quite often it's because of physical things. It's because we aren't good at turning food and air into energy. And when you show up all the way, magic happens. And so my mission is to help people turn on their own magic that way by making the right amount of energy. And the three things we all want to do, Maria, we all want to be happy. <laughs> we all want to be excellent at what we do. It, it's Even if what you're doing is parenting, right? You want to be a great parent. Or if you're writing a book, you can be a great author. It, even if you're driving to work, you'd like to be a great driver. It doesn't feel good to be bad at something. So we all want to improve. It's wired into us as humans. And then we all want to live. We actually don't want to die. So my mission is to help people achieve those three things. Do you feel, how do you characterize, Dave, a meaningful life for you? What does that look like? When I studied this in Game Changers, I interviewed 450 people about this stuff. I looked at what... Very, all names, many of the names people will recognize throughout the book of really famous people and who are excellent at what they're doing. And I asked them things about, okay, why... Why does this matter? And gather the data. And so my answer is informed by having studied this in almost 500 people. And it really comes down to service. When you are doing something to give back, like you are with uh, the Women's Alzheimer's Movement and a lot of the other work that you've done in your life, it's that impact that you have on helping others that actually feels really good and leaves a lasting impact on the world. And so that's how I measure that. So in your kind of... You know, when you go home at night, you're confident and feel centered that you're living your one meaningful life. I'm not sure it's my one meaningful life. I, we haven't disproven reincarnation. I hope there's more than one. Okay, so you have, you're a believer in <laughs> well, not only are you going to live to 150, but you actually we all have multiple I, lives I don't know. over our lifespan, I, I'm just actually. Saying I can't prove either one, so I'm going to hope that's the case. Well, no, and actually, and, and I be- believe this, that we're all different evolving human yeah. beings, and we have multiple lives in our lifetime because you're very different today, as you've said, mm-hmm. not just in terms of your weight, but your thinking. Yeah probably in what you're prioritizing. And the person, if I had met Dave Asprey 15 years ago, it would have been a very different conversation. This would have been a different man I was talking to. Uh, you know, you, you probably would have really not wanted to talk to me. <laughs> I was, I was uh, pretty angry and egotistical. And I didn't know that at the time. I was actually really anxious as well. And the ability to go through and, and sort of get control of my own biology and realize that stuff and then make it do what I wanted to do. So I can be grounded and centered and peaceful and, and giving and, and just full of this gratitude on a daily basis. 
it's a lot nicer to live that life <laughs> than the one I used to live. It's just if someone had told me all the things you know that I've studied, my first book around fertility, and then how do you actually eat to make your body work? How do you eat to make your brain work? And then what do you do with all this extra energy, which is game changers? If I had just known this when I was 20, it would have saved me you know, so much suffering and struggle. And I'm grateful that I've gone through all the stuff I've gone through because it taught me this stuff. But why wasn't there a book to read about this when I was dealing with it? More meaningful conversations in just a bit. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. A collaboration between four close friends, Warby Parker was conceived as an alternative to the overpriced and bland eyewear that was available. Prescription eyewear shouldn't cost you more than a plane ticket or a new iPhone. By circumventing traditional channels and engaging with customers directly through their website and retail stores, Warby Parker is able to provide high quality, good looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the price. Available exclusively through Warby Parker's website and retail stores, glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. If you'd like to try Warby Parker eyewear, you can do their home-free try-on program. You get to order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. How cool is that? It ships free and it includes a prepaid return shipping label. Head to warbyparker.com meaningful to order your free home try-ons today. That's warbyparker.com meaningful. Now back to the conversation. What is that moment, you know, of clarity? You know, people say that they, you know, if they are struggling with an addiction, if they're struggling in a family, if they're struggling with their weight, if they're struggling with their anxiety. What was the moment for you in your life that turned you into, that turned you from someone, as you said, that I wouldn't want to talk to? to someone that I do want to talk to, that I want to work with, that I want to collaborate with, that I'm interested in. I was about 30. I was ending a, a bad relationship. And I went and I did one of those intensive 10-day personal development programs. And I sort of came out of that going, I had no idea. Apparently, there's all these emotions in there that are somehow useful. <laughs> so, in yourself, you mean. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I, I spent some serious time doing hard, hard work and just looking mm-hmm. – looking at, all right, am I, you know. What am I responsible for? Yeah, and and how much of the stories I believe are true. And and it was just during 10 days, I realized, wow, I've been telling myself a lot of BS. I'm going to have to reconsider things. And when I did, I just realized, okay, the world is very different than I thought it was, than I was raised to believe it was. And in order to do that work, Maria, it takes enormous energy. It takes willpower. (laughs) And willpower comes from food. It has to. All power in you comes from your ability to make energy and then do something with it. So my body was trashed biologically. So to have the energy to do that was really hard. Personal development is much easier when you eat the right foods. When you, you have your biology working, all of a sudden there's something left over at the end of the day after you go to work, after you commute, after you care for your family. Saying, I, I've, I've still got some left in the tank. I'm going to use it on me. And I didn't have that when I was younger, and now I do. So I think that's a really good moment to just kind of pause a second there because the idea 
people want, I think we're living in a society where people want quick fixes. They want, you know, to pick up a book and lose 10 pounds in 10 days. And your shift really started, if I'm understanding correctly, from you taking control, looking at your belief system, looking at responsibility, and doing the internal work that then manifested a different external reality. I think that they happened at the same time. I was laser focused on losing this weight. I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week. I ate a low fat, low calorie diet for 18 months. I mean, every day but Sunday, I was at the gym. And I never lost any weight. I could max out all the machines except for two. And I was still fat. I was, you know, 46 inch waist. And I'm a 33 inch waist right now. And I was so frustrated. And just, you know, I looked at my friends and I said, how is it that they're eating the double Western bacon cheeseburgers and I'm eating the salad with no dressing and no chicken? And I work out more and I eat less than everyone and I could bench press all of them and I'm still fat. And I went through this time of feeling like, okay, it's a moral failing because clearly I should have eaten less lettuce, right? And I didn't have anorexia or anything like that. I mean, I still ate, but it was one of those things where I'm doing what's supposed to work here and I'm pushing really hard and putting everything I have into this and I'm not getting the results. And I did resolve from that experience, I'm going to do what actually works based on observed results. And I started looking at all these other things when I gave up on that path. And I realized that some kinds of exercises sometimes are way more effective than others. And certain times of eating, certain types of eating at certain times are way more effective than others. I evolved the Bulletproof Diet. And the Bulletproof Diet, if you look back on the, the Google Trends and all that stuff, it is one of the primary things that put keto on the roadmap to where it is today because it uses ketosis as a high-performance state for men and women. You go into ketosis, you come out. You go in, you come out. And you don't have to be eating bacon and no veggies for the rest of your life, which is unfortunately where some of keto has gone. Mm-hmm. But the idea here is that it works for people whether they're 60, whether they're 40, whether they're 20. And it's about having more energy and more focus right now. And that extra energy goes into being a better human being. The other thing that emerged from my work is that all of us are wired to do three main things. And this comes from subcellular biology. So there's a quadrillion ancient bacteria that are your power plants right now. Mm -hmm. You and I are sitting here kind of with bacteria running things. And bacteria and all animals and all plants live on three rules in this order. The first one is... It's an F word. It's flee, fear, or freeze. Yeah. So it's what do you do if there's something that might kill you right now? Yeah. Right. The sec- this is also in psychology, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know. But psychology never tells you why you do this. This is because... Well, dep- if, if you have a good psychologist, they do tell you. Oh, right? well, that, if you've yeah. experienced it, you know. Okay. I hear you. They'll, they'll tell you what <laughs> so, happened in your life that triggered it. Yeah. But they won't tell you why the triggers were set. And they were set because single-celled organisms, of which we are a whole lot of those put together, mm-hmm. they're wired to do that. So they're very basic rules. We just repeat them quadrillions of times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the psychologist will definitely tell you. <laughs> yeah. If you look at yourself and do the work that you, yeah. you were talking that you did as a young man, you'll look at your flight, your freeze. Yes. Uh, and certainly that's a huge thing, obviously, for women. So I also wanted to, I think, in, in looking at all of that, looking at how you changed, look at, his, at how you questioned. This came from questioning, from curiosity, yeah. Yeah. right, from finding out what worked for you and not accepting the status quo, right? Yeah. And is that why you wanted to do Game Changers? Uh, did, you wanna, did you wanna do a book of people that you felt challenged the status quo, imagined 
you know, life differently? And did you feel like you had talked to all these people and you wanted to put all their lessons into one book so that other people could emulate them? So many people have asked me over the years of building Bulletproof, you know, Dave, I, I want to achieve my mission. I want to show up in the world a certain way. You know, what do I do? And I'm always looking to learn from people as well. So I've been asking this one question, you know, if, if, if you want to perform better at everything you do as a human being, three most important pieces of advice. And I don't want to copy what one person did because the odds of me being the same as that person aren't very good. But when you understand how hundreds of game changers have prioritized their focus, their decisions, their advice, and you statistically analyze it, and you go, you know, I think I'm going to try the thing that 100 people agreed on <laughs> because I'm more likely to get results. Right. So for me to grow Bulletproof, well, being a multiple New York Times selling author and a Webby ordering podcaster and a dad at the same time, uh, and the, the CEO thing, it, it's a lot. It is a lot, right? Right. And yeah, I don't have that's peace. A lot. That just kind of gave me exhaustion when you said all those things. But I, I mean, you're sitting here looking at me. I have peace in my life. I see my kids. I see my wife. You know, I, I experience all those things. And I wanted to learn how I could achieve that from all these people. And Game Changers was me going back through thousands of hours of research and interviews and putting it together and saying, all right, what is the knowledge that I can distill from these things instead what of just is it? absorbing it? What is it? Well, I mean, you can get the book, get the yeah, book. He I'll, wants you I'll to buy the, the book. So, uh, it's three things. Okay. It's people who really are doing big things in the world. They focus on being smarter and that in the decisions they make and, and just the taking care of themselves. They want to be faster and that they don't really like to waste time. So they, they do things in their life to let them do what they care about faster. But most importantly, they, they're happy. These are people who did not ever once in an answer say power, money, or influence, or fame. Those are not goals. Yet, when I was 20, all I cared about was I'm just going to make enough money. And the little program in my head was, if I make enough money, then I'll be safe, or then people like me. I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but it was wrong, whatever it was. <laughs> but most people are yeah. focused on or thinking that the sign of success or the measure of success mm -hmm. is money, a big house, yeah. uh, being on the cover of a magazine, being with your shirt off in the magazine, I guess. That, that still know. blows me away. <laughs> yeah. So that's what most, or building a company that's marketed yeah. all over. But you and I both know lots of people who have achieved success or fame or money who are profoundly unhappy. It, it is, in fact, it might be more common there than it is on average. And there's research in Game Changers that talks about happiness as a, uh, as something that helps you to bring wealth into your life, but that wealth doesn't do that. And I experienced this in my own life. So my own stories in Game Changers where it's appropriate. Otherwise, I'm pulling from other masters, right? Mm -hmm. And I made $6 million when I was 26 years old. And I lost it when I was 28. And I can tell you, I was no happier. It felt really good to do that, but I was no happier when I had it. And I literally told a friend, oh, I'll be happy when, when I make $10 million. And like, what a jerk thing for you to say when you're 26 years old. Like, you young punk, if I could, like, grab myself by the shirt collar back then and shake myself. But it, it's, it's that experience and talking to all these other people. Sure, it's nice to have more money, but more money doesn't equal more happiness. And more happiness is precious and in fact it's priceless and it reduces pain and struggle in your life which usually makes it easier for you to attract abundance and this is the mindset of the people who are in game changers most of them <laughs> there's a couple outliers who didn't so agree. you're saying that the most of the people and you can obviously read it and i marked mm -hmm. it all up but you can read that most of the people the synopsis is that these are people who 
keep growing, yeah. who want to keep learning, mm-hmm. who want to move quickly, yeah. that's, and, and who choose to be happy. They choose to be happy, and they put things in their life to make themselves happy. They, they find a practice. And one of the most touching interviews was with a Nobel Prize winner, Eric Kandel, who discovered neuroplasticity in, in mm-hmm. our brains. And so a guy who really changed the world. He's 93 or 94. I'm interviewing him at his office in New York looking out over Central Park. And I said, you know, what are those three most important pieces of advice you'd have for people to perform better at everything they do? And he scratches his head, and he goes have a good wife. <laughs> like, wow, of all the things you could have said. Yeah. And he talks about what having a supportive relationship over 60 or so years yeah. had done for him as a Nobel scientist, as a human being, right? And of all the things in the world he could have said, that was his answer. It's not what everyone answered. But when you think about that, when you hear the interviews on, on Bulletproof Radio, and you can go from the book and say, oh, I want to hear what that person had to say, or I don't care about that other person. It, it, it's there, but no one has 500 hours to listen to the backlog of the podcast. But you can say, you know what? This law that came out in Game Changers about relationships, about how important love is in your life, or even how important sex is in your life, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're talking about Alzheimer's, staying focused, staying happy, oxytocin, neurotransmitters, there's three laws in the book about that that say, some people talked about it on the show. Some people talked about it off the show. But this mm-hmm. is something that people who are really game changers usually have found a way to have a love, a love life that works. But we don't talk about that because it's kind of, you know, icky. But right. it's something that It's that icky happens. to talk about a love life? Well, I can tell you, if we're talking about sex versus having a love life, it's not icky to talk about love life. But a lot of times, if like if I was to just interview you on the show, we didn't really get into your love life <laughs> because you're like, yeah. well, I don't know, that's private, right? No, but I'm a yeah. big believer in and you know having connection, as we know, it's also huge. with Alzheimer's. So the question is, what brings you love, and what is yes. love? So that is a really interesting topic because I think many people are raised and many people are told that love comes in the shape and only in the shape of another person that you're in a sexual relationship with and that there is love all around us. So if you ask me about my love life, right? (laughs) So I am getting love when I wake up and my son says to me this morning, I hope you have a great day, mommy. Do you want some coffee? That's love, well, right? Well, coffee's always love. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but it, these are these gifts of love yes. or somebody who I come in and I work with says, good morning, how you doing? You know, these are, are, I think, they're not part of our conversation around love, around connection. Our conversation mm-hmm. about love seems to be focused on sex and some fairy tale or guy in yes. a film, and we're missing what love really is and what feeds our brains, Mm -hmm. what feeds connection, what makes us feel enough, what gives us meaning. Sex is one small part of that, that, but love is all around us and we're missing it. I love it that you're saying this. Um, It's only in the last few years that I really got comfortable with, you know, looking at one of my male friends saying, you know, I love you. And this is something a lot of guys really are socialized to not do. Right. And you guys, of course, you know, there's love in, in my life outside of you know, my immediate family and all that. And it isn't correlated to sex always, but clearly most people have a primary relationship. Uh, but millions don't. It, it, but millions don't. It's and, true. and also helping them see that they still have love in their lives because they're single is, I think, a really important piece of work to do because right. there's a loneliness epidemic in our country, right? There's more people that are single 
over 50 in our country than ever in our history. Yeah. And, you know, just because you may not have a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend at this moment doesn't mean that you don't have love in your life. Yeah, you're not unloved just right. because you don't have a primary relationship. Yeah, and yeah. that's really, I think, important because, and I don't think... For myself, society has caught up with that conversation about really, because if you feel unlovable and if you feel like you don't fit society's version of that, the spiral downward is, is you could be drinking all the bulletproof coffee you want and you could still be really depressed, sad and lonely because you feel like you're not worthy of love. That's why Game Changers was an important book for me, because it's not enough to eat the right foods and, and all that. You won't yeah. be happy. You've, you've got to address the emotional things. And people who feel unworthy of love, there's always a reason for it. And it usually goes back to these subcellular things. It goes back to early childhood. Early goes, childhood, Things like yeah. that. And we have an epidemic of, of people who are traumatized as kids through bullying, you know, through basically parenting techniques that are con- or were considered normal and things like that. And you realize when you're 30 or 40, wow, I'm still reacting to things I didn't realize I was reacting to. And, and this is just the human condition. And yeah. It happens to all of us. <clears throat> it, it's just how we're wired. And I wanted people when they read Game Changers to say, oh, wow, some of this is going on. And it's not a cognitive thinking problem. It's not an emotional problem. It's not even a spiritual problem or a physical problem. It's all of those things working as a system. Yeah. You can't ignore one because then it affects all the other. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Whether you just got the keys to your first place or you're looking to upgrade the pieces you've had forever... Snow has home goods that are practical and striking to look at. Snow makes luxury essentials for every room in your home, minus the markup. They partner directly with master craftsmen to create beautiful, simple products that are made to last, like their incredibly soft, award-winning sheets and fluffy duvets or luxurious air-spun cotton towels and robes. They also have super durable, dishwasher-safe porcelain dinnerware and wine glasses with titanium enforced stamps. Ooh, cool. Snow has received rave reviews from Vogue, Fast Company, Apartment Therapy, and more. It's the home collection of your dreams, priced for your reality. I like that. Right now, Snow is offering our listeners $30 off your first purchase of $150 or more when you go to snowhome.com slash meaningful. That's S-N-O-W-E home.com slash meaningful to get $30 off your first order. Again, visit snowhome.com slash meaningful for your special offer. Now let's get back to the conversation. It's actually less of really in a way a problem. It's more of a challenge, right? And so kind of the idea you can whatever you know, work faster, be more focused, learn more things. And if you don't really have connection in your life, if you don't find meaning in your life, if you don't have even a little kitchen table of people in your life, you're going to be really unhappy. 
so well said. In fact, you summarized about four of the laws in the book yeah. that come from the high performers and game changers. All of them have found a way to have community. And very interesting, it turns out one of the big variables that controls how successful you'll be in a relationship in your life is whether that relationship has the support of your community. So the yeah. couples that form a successful relationship that lasts for a long time, mm -hmm. somehow they found a way to hang out with other people who believe the same things that they do or just are supportive of them being together. Whereas if you're in a community of people who don't support you being together, your chances of staying together aren't, aren't very strong. So we have this external community that's required and that Game Changers have actually specifically built in order to support what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, in my case, biohacking didn't have a definition. It wasn't a word. And I created this conference with thousands of people. And there's now millions of people who say, I'm a biohacker. I want control of my own biology. It's now in the dictionary. But that community was partly something that I built because uh, I wanted to be around people who valued the things I did around this self-awareness, around having control of your body so that you can show up the way you want to show up. And I, I find that that has supported everything that I do in the world, including my relationship at home. And my core group of friends all is supportive of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that's what's game-changing to me. Yeah. I think what's game-changing, we live in a time where, it, you know, you can question and should, by the way, question beliefs that you've been taught and raised with, question, you know, perceptions, question your own thinking and be open to evolving and learning new belief systems, new new kind of experiences, right? And and that's what really, at the end of the day, we're each responsible for, for changing the game in our own lives. Yeah. And so even if you're not building a company like Bulletproof or, you know, if you're not, I think it's really important to find meaning in what you do do, oh, right? Yeah. And how you do show up, first and foremost, at home, Mm -hmm. And then as you go out into the world, and what I also like about what you're doing, Dave, is that kind of that your game changingness started by questioning everything. It, it has to come from there, because if we don't question what's going on in our lives, we probably won't create the change that we're looking for. Right. And if everything in your life is so perfect, you don't want any change, you're a very rare human being. Yeah. And God bless you. And come on the show and tell us how you did yeah. that, would you please? So the book is Game Changers, What Leaders, Innovators, and Mavericks Do to Win at Life. Uh, that's Dave's newest book. He has several books, and he has all this uh, bulletproof stuff. And uh, I have to say, I eat his bars. Not that I'm any great testimony or person on this front, but I do... Uh, eat his bars. They crumble a lot, I have to say, which I don't mind. But uh, I put them in my bag. I drink his coffee. And I've even started wearing those sleep glasses. Although my, uh, uh, if I were glasses. sleeping with someone in my bed, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be wearing them, I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, <laughs> no, if, if you both I wear think, them, you look pretty oh, okay, It cool. still doesn't work. But, sorry. <laughs> uh, my son, I put them on the other day. My son came in. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just trying on these weirdo glasses that this guy, Dave Asprey, sent me. And but, he's like, did you oh, sleep they look better? weird. Did you sleep better I sleep night? pretty good. Okay, so good, I good. did it. But they, he was like, you look really weird, mommy. I was like, yeah, probably I do look really weird. But <laughs> I like the idea of like, yeah, they probably would help. But I think what you're doing, I love the brain octane oil. I love being in conversation. And I just want to say that I didn't know Dave before he 
offered to help the women's Alzheimer's movement. And he went out and raised money for the women's Alzheimer's movement. It was his own idea. Mm-hmm. Was really interested in helping us. And I just want to say that really made me and all of us uh, involved with the women's Alzheimer's moment, uh, movement feel loved oh. and feel seen and feel uh, validated and valued for the work we're doing. Because as you well know, sometimes you're in this kind of nonprofit world and you're in a world that's kind of tough like the Alzheimer's world. And you're yeah. like, it's a grind. It's, uh, and then when someone comes along and says, hey, I just want to help you. I want to raise some money. I want to just, you're like, what? <laughs> what? And so I want to thank you for well, being in this fight. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. With us. And I really appreciated that. And you've you've done something grand. I I've worked in nonprofit anti-aging, which includes Alzheimer's for twenty mm-hmm. something years. And you pointed out something that is true, but no one talked about, which is that women get Alzheimer's more than men. Yeah. Uh, and well, maybe we should focus on that because if we put as much attention on Alzheimer's as we have on breast cancer, which is another important cause. Yes. Amen. I, th- I think we could fix it. I right? do too. And that's what we're trying to do is I think we have to shift our attitudes. We were talking about shifting our attitudes about love and intimacy. And I think we also really have to shift our attitudes about aging yes. because I was just doing this story for the Today Show about, you know, uh, people 50 and above, uh, you know, being on, the fastest growing part of online dating and what people want in their lives and how they want to be valuable. They want to have sex. They want to have intimacy. They want to live vibrant lives. And they're 60, they're 70, they're 80, right? So what does it mean to age? I think part of the problem with Alzheimer's that we've been pushing this boulder up Mount Everest is people like, I don't want to talk about it because it's about older people and it's about the brain and I don't want to think about losing my brain and that's going to happen to me later. So shifting the conversation about what's good for the brain in terms of food, in terms of people, in terms of work, and that Alzheimer's, if we could make it as in your face, really, as AIDS has been and breast cancer has been, that's a good thing. That's not a competitive thing. That's a good thing for all of us because this is a disease that's bankrupting families all across our country and of all experiences and and men and women. And so kind of trying to, as I always say, you know, bring women to the forefront. Women's health is certainly lagging. So that is my mission everywhere I go, not only to talk to women about their increased risk of Alzheimer's, but to talk to them about their health. Most women think I got a mammogram or a pap smear. I'm good for life. Most women don't even have a primary doctor. They're just dealing with their gynecologist in their 60, right? So it is a wide open field. We can talk about that at a later date. But educating women about heart health, about your hormones, about your brain, about diabetes, about hypertension, about, you know, knowing your numbers, pushing back against your doctor, looking at women's health comprehensively. That is my mission. Beautiful. So I hope it'll, I'll have, if I eat enough of these bars, maybe I'll be around long enough to see its completion. <laughs> Thank you, Dave Asprey, so Maria. much. Congratulations. The book is Game Changers, What Leaders, Innovators, and Mavericks Do to Win at Life. And we're, we're like doing well at life, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. All right. Thanks so much. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Meaningful Conversations. If you're looking for more inspiration and words of wisdom, then please sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Sunday Paper. It's free and it's really good. Just visit my website, mariashriver.com to subscribe. 
I hope you'll also check out my book, I've Been Thinking, and its new companion, I've Been Thinking, The Journal. Like this podcast, these books were created to help you on your path to a meaningful life. More details on my website about all of that as well. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to being in community with you again right here each Monday.